Keys, keys, oh where are my keys? Often the bane of someone with ADHD. In this last episode of The Complex, we learn about Bernard's near-death experience involving, you guessed it, keys. Hey everyone, this is Jules Anthony. Welcome to The Complex. Can you believe that this is our last episode? I sure can't, but don't worry. The Complex now has a Facebook page where you will be able to talk with James and I about ADHD or how we did The Complex. If you weren't able to submit a question you had during one of the previous episodes, go post it at www.facebook.com slash thecomplexpodcast. Again, that's www.facebook.com slash thecomplexpodcast. Now, let's get to our last episode. We've only got one more character to meet, and that's the resident old man of the complex, Bernard. I hope you all enjoy this episode, and remember, all these characters and stories are fictional. The Complex is sponsored by Focus Forward, Navigating the Storms of Adult ADHD by James Ochoa. Learn about the emotional distress syndrome and how to successfully navigate the ups and downs of the ADHD life. Get Focus Forward in audio, print, or ebook format at Amazon or jamesochoa.com. It was just another week at the complex. I don't even know who I'm here to complain about today. It's not crispy, his essential oils look kind of shady, but they're completely legal. Not Amanda, she put in the spring garden last week, and it's definitely not Jessica. I like her way too much. Well, how's it going with Genius Boy? It's great, actually. His housing app launched last week and it seems to be taking off. He's in his hibernation mode right now anyway. A whole complex full of ADHD, and I can't think of anything to talk about. I'm just... uneasy. That's alright. You haven't really talked about yourself much. Maybe today's a good day for that. I've always wondered, uh, what made you want to start the complex anyway? Yo, anybody home? I'm sorry I'm late. Bernard? What are you doing here? Same thing you are, I expect. James, you know Bernard? I can't believe this happened again. I'm really sorry, guys. Um, I double-book people once in a while. I must have missed it when I looked at my schedule this morning. Oh, no worries, man. Jules and I go way back. He's my landlord. Yeah, Bernard was my first tenant. You know what? You take this session, man. I can't find much to talk about anyway. No, man. Stick around. This stuff can get kind of boring if you don't mix it up every once in a while. Well, that's not how I usually do things. And Jules and I were just getting started. Uh, but I guess if y'all are okay with it, I'll do a group session. I know it's totally unplanned, but people with ADHD are great at making something meaningful out of disruption. Jules, you have ADHD too? No, but I feel like I do, since everyone at the complex does. <laughs> That's actually a thing. Uh, if you're surrounded by people with ADHD, you can start to take on some of their symptoms. We call it ADHD by osmosis. Anyway, uh, Jules, you were saying you felt a sense of unease? I bet Bernard knows what that's like. Huh. Which unease are you talking about, man? Because I spent, oh, about the first four years here dealing with all of the uneases. I worked through the fight-or-flight adrenaline ones first, and then we spent a few months on basic stage fright, and for a while there, I got uneasy in the middle of meditating. 
like I thought I was meditating wrong, which is technically not possible, but it sure made me uneasy. We worked all on all that stuff, didn't we, James? What do you mean you worked on that? How do you work on something like that? Well, I usually talk it over with Gandhi in our perfect weather bubble on top of Mount Everest with a white-out blizzard blocking out the rest of the world, you know. Yep. You know how I handle unease? I hop on my purple dragon and soar through high mountain passes. Daredevil kind of stuff, but oddly enough, it calms me down. Whoa, 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 wait. So, <laughs> your dragon? What are you talking about? What is this? Our emotional safe places. We create them in our heads as part of a technique I call strategic therapeutic daydreaming. And it is therapeutic, at least for me. I was a world-class daydreamer. Remember the time I had Betty White offer me a job as her musical director and we ended up naked together in a bathtub full of cool whip? I thought it was Liza Minnelli. What? Maybe in your emotional safe Wait, place. Wait, so y'all are making up stories in your head to do what exactly? I mean, I guess it could be fun, maybe, but are you solving problems? Oh, yes, ma'am. Where to begin? Uh, you could tell them about the bus. Yeah, that would count. That's what brought me here in the first place. What bus? Well, let me set the stage for you. It was about 10 years ago when I was 55. No, let me go back even further. I'd been playing music since I was 14, but I had ADHD a lot longer than that. Although back then it wasn't called that. Yeah, it was called what's the matter with you syndrome. Yeah, exactly. By the time I was 30, I had everything I ever wanted. A few records that sold pretty well, and a lot of chances to tour several continents with the best musicians money could buy. A loving wife, well, and then a second loving wife, and two excellent children. As always, though, I did my best to screw it all up, and that I was pretty good at. If you can believe this, all I cared about was figuring out how to attain enlightenment. Ah, uh, <laughs> enlightenment, the shiniest of shiny objects. I was never home, but other people always cleaned up my damage. And besides, it was all about me, right? <laughs> it always is. So I ended up on a bus headed to Dharmasala, India. On my way to an appointment that I didn't have with the Dalai Lama. Understand this wasn't my first bus trip through a third world country, so I knew what to expect. Chickens in the overhead compartment and as many passengers as the bus driver could cram in. Wow. Sounds impulsive. Bingo! Yeah, well, I was too spiritual then to be worried about safety. And there was nothing to worry about until suddenly the brakes screeched and the bus flipped over on its side. There was so much smoke I could barely see. But I managed to crawl out a window and amazingly I wasn't hurt. But I saw people flung all over the road and this old man was yelling at me in Hindi, bleeding all over the pavement, and I realized I couldn't do anything for him. 
I never needed to know how to put a bandage on someone or really how to help anyone with anything. I walked toward him anyway, and my vision started to blur. And a second later, the ground came up and smacked me. I knew I'd passed out, but I didn't feel the impact because somehow I floated out of my physical body. I was okay with it, though, not scared or euphoric, just looking down at myself lying in the road with all those broken people. Then I heard a voice. A, a voice? What did it say? It told me to remember where I put my keys. <laughs> and, and did you? Yeah. But it took a while. You know me. I was looking for the Dalai Lama Technicolor breakthrough, but no. First I had to go home. Then I had to get real with my family. Then I spent four years sitting here with James, working to sort out my keys, unlocking rooms I'd trapped myself in, opening up my emotional safe place, which I didn't even know I had back then, and getting rid of keys that didn't open anything anymore. Man, I, am I making any sense right now? Yeah, actually, I, I totally get it. Well, this kind of therapy can get confusing for some people. It's very imaginative and kind of out there sometimes. Yes, and sometimes it's hard to come back to Earth. I like to ground myself with things I can touch. Here, look at my key ring. Here's the key for the complex, front door, my apartment key, and my bike lock's on here somewhere. The rest of them are symbolic. Keys to my inner world. I always have them in my pocket. Counteracts the unease. Hey, where do you keep your keys, Jules? I, well, I always keep them in the same place. Carabiner onto my belt loop. I don't know if they're the keys to my inner world, though. So they're just normal keys? Yeah, well, uh, well, I mean, no. Uh, is there something you want to say about your keys? Sounds like Bernard triggered something. Well, Bernard, you said it felt good to have all your keys in your pocket. Mine feel like a dead weight. Then unclip them for a sec. Let's take a look at these scary keys. Man, you obviously don't have ADHD because this is some expert labeling. You got front door, back door, trash door, mailbox, and this one says home. That's your apartment? No. Home's the one that weighs so much. Why do you say that? It's the key to the house I grew up in, in, in Northern California. Oh, so you've had it a while. Yeah, pretty much as long as I can remember. I moved to Texas about six years ago, and I guess I just never took it off. So what's the story behind it? Well, um, one morning about four years ago, I was homesick enough to write a letter. Dear Mom and Dad, I know I haven't written in a while, but work has been taking up a lot more time than usual. Dr. Bogart, the big sustainable energy professor on campus, assigned me the one experiment no one in the lab wanted, 
So, I've basically been culturing amoebas 10 hours a day for the last 6 weeks. I don't know how much I want to continue doing research. The other lab techs tend to keep to themselves. I, I guess I'm just missing California. How's it going out there anyway? Did you ever get that yurt remodeled? It wasn't much, but putting a stamp on that letter made me feel a little less lonely. You know, you say it wasn't much. Uh, but parents really live for those kind of letters. Yeah, well, they never got the letter. I was walking back from the mailbox when I got a call from Mr. Salazar, the man who lived next door to my parents. Before he said anything, I, I knew something bad had happened. I didn't know how, but I did. So, so what happened? I mean, it wasn't even a big earthquake. It was just one of those tiny little tremors that happen all the time. I guess it moved the house just enough to loosen the propane line in the crawl space or somehow cause a leak. The fire inspector told me all it, all it took was a spark. Probably from lighting a burner on the stove or something like that. No one, no one expects their family to die like that. Damn, man. It must be hard to tell that story. Thank you, though, for telling it. Things like that can take a long time to get over. What a big, strange machine. Excuse me? The universe, man, it throws you these events and other events always pile up behind them like aftershocks almost. Well, the best thing you can do is find a way to make meaning from it. Before that, though, you got to accept the changes because what choice do we have? It doesn't work to fight something so much more powerful than we are. Bernard, I swear, if you tell me the whole BS about this being meant to be, or my parents being in a better place... No, 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 I... man. What happened to your family was messed up. I feel you. So, Jules, remind me when you built the complex? It's been about three and a half years. So right after your parents died? Oh, um, actually, yeah. What happened to that lab you were working in? I just walked away. It didn't mean anything to me anymore. So, it sounds like you decided to build yourself a new family, in a way. How's that going for you, boss? <laughs> Actually, it's not too bad. So, you did find a way to make meaning. While you can't replace your family, you build a community around yourself. Amen to that. And may I say, I'm honored to be a part of your dysfunctional complex family. I stand ready to support you as your official open-minded old guy on call. <laughs> Thank you, Bernard. How about this? Give me my keys back and I want you to hang on to that one that says home. Sound good to me, brother. I've got just the right spot for it. <laughs> Hey everyone, next week is the last week of The Complex. We'll be concluding with Episode 6's Afterthoughts, but don't worry, if you didn't get your questions or comments in during the recording of the podcast, you can still submit them at www.facebook.com slash thecomplexpodcast. Again, www.facebook.com slash thecomplexpodcast. I hope you all enjoyed Episode 6, and I'll see you next week. The Complex is produced by Jules Ochoa and co-written by Jules Ochoa and Robin Schatzenaff. 
The executive producer and local ADHD professional is James Ochoa, LPC. The voice actors for this episode were James Ochoa as himself, Jules Ochoa as Jules Anthony, and Tom Doyle as Bernard.